Hi and welcome everyone to the 59th episode of Serum Rocks. This is Marcus Alonson and today's podcast will be about user groups online and XRM virtual. And with me today I have Julie Jack from Colorado Technology Consultants. Julie Jack is a Colorado-based Microsoft Business Solutions MVP serving clients across the globe, providing training, implementation, analysis and insights for companies wanting to take their services to the next level. Julie's blog juliejack.com addresses pertinent topics of the day ranging from dynamics to technology and education to travel to voting rights. Julie is an accomplished author and publisher with several books on different technologies under her belt. Julie is a community leader nationally, locally and online serving on education committees and curriculum boards in Colorado and as a founding member of SouthCarolina.net and XRM Virtual Online. She knows how important it is to have your voice heard and has been honored to speak to elected officials at the US Capitol and executive staff at the White House on topics of technology legislation and the importance of STEM education in our 10 to 12 schools. Julie loves to spend her free time traveling with her husband and kids. Welcome back, Julie Jack. Hello, thank you. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing well. We have an, a wonderful sunny Colorado winter day today. CRM is all about managing a customer relationship. So what is a good customer relationship to you? Uh, to me, becoming um, a trusted advisor is super important. And that can happen with or without software. It's you know, Software is easy. People are hard. And so managing that relationship with software is pretty easy once you take care of the people part. Who are your customer? Um, we have... Um, wide-ranging customers from other consulting companies to Fortune 100 companies, um, pretty much anyone who needs that trusted advisor. So what is it that you do? Well, my day-to-day is never the same, and that's part of why I love what I do. I am this week spending a lot of time consulting on an implementation where we're taking some old legacy software and using CRM to replace what CRM should be doing and custom software where it that's what it should be doing. And then when I'm not working on implementations, we're writing training curriculum or delivering training curriculum. So that sounds like a lot then. Uh, yes, I don't like to be bored. What is your last memorable customer experience? So I just got back from Safari in South Africa a week ago. And it's not my first time that I went to this particular lodge. And when I get there, they remember me my, my name. They know what drink I like to have with dinner. They know what animals and experiences I had last time I was there. So if we see a leopard, for example, then our ranger could say, oh, this is the child of this leopard that you saw last time you were here. And so that's great that they take those notes and that they take the time to know and understand their customers so that I have a better experience when I'm there. So from time to time, they notice and and know you better and better. So that's really good then. Yes, definitely good. What is XRM Virtual? So XRM Virtual is an online user group community. 
It's for developers focused on dynamic CRM primarily, and it gives them a place to learn online, participate in user group meetings, perhaps maybe view the recordings if they weren't able to attend live. Why did XRM Virtual start? So developers for a long, long time have been having user group meetings. And it's not just for Dynamics and it's not just online, but it goes back a long ways. And there was nothing for the Dynamics developers. A lot of developer communities are very specific and ours is no different. And so when we saw the need for CRM developers, when CRM development became a platform, we saw a need for those developers to have a place to learn, just like every other collection of developers out there. How did this user group start then? Well, it goes back to Sham MacArthur. Back in the ADX Studio days, he was working on getting ready for convergence and he wanted a good implementation that they could show for their portal and something that everyone could understand and everyone could relate to. And so he approached me knowing that I had a user group background and he said, let's do this. So we we did. We launched at Convergence that year in 2009, and uh, we've been going ever since. So 2009, that's back in CRM4 area then? Um, maybe. I don't remember. Okay. I, I think CRM4 la- launched at 2007 and then 2011 at the end of 2010. So if you yep. launched... At 2009, right. it was probably at when when CRM4 was around. So that was the big XRM push, right? Right. But we were doing XRM things in CRM3. It just wasn't a movement. Yeah. So how did you notice that there was a demand for this then? Um, as I said, with the developer community, I've been doing user groups for a long time. And... When we started XRM Virtual, there were not a lot of Dynamics developers, and we needed a place to to meet. So it became a conversation of, are we having in-person meetings? Are we having a virtual user group? And because the geographies were so varied, and we wanted to make sure to reach as many people as possible, we went with an uh, online user group to take care of that need. What was your experience in, in getting it going? So for me, it started with the learning curve of learning the portals and being able to set up what we needed for our constituents. And then from there, it became the you know regular day-to-day challenges of running any other user group. Do we have qualified speakers? Are we meeting the needs of our membership? Are we scheduled out? too far in advance so that the technology is old? Are we scheduled out not far enough in advance so people don't pay attention? There were just those regular issues that any other group would have when they start. How do you get people involved then when you started this? Was it easy to get speakers when you launched this this site? Uh, Yes. Our biggest issue in getting speakers has been around the release cycle of the product where we don't necessarily have the ability to violate our non-disclosure agreements with Microsoft as MVPs and share the new technology. We have to wait until we have approval for that. 
And so it's hard with not knowing the release schedules to schedule around that release schedule. We don't want to share old technology, but we don't want to violate the confidence that we've built up with Microsoft. Yeah, breaking that NDA will get you off the MVP list pretty fast. I would think so. So it was easy getting speakers then because there wasn't any other group or was it more that the 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 they wanted a place to to meet then? I think that it was more about serving the community and that it gives a platform to to share. Something that I've always loved about our community is the willingness and absolutely eagerness to share with others. It's not about competition. I'm not worried that if you get smarter that you're going to put me out of business the next day. And so it's about the good of the community for the good of the community. And we've had several members of the MVP family. We've had several um, product team folks. We've had several folks that are not part of the MVP or product family that come and present to us. We've got a couple coming up that are not MVPs. They might one day be MVPs, but they want to share with the community because they have something to share. So what of what types of topics do you do you usually get? Is it technical? Is it implementation tips for users or it admin or, or what kind of topics do you cover? So the topics that we cover tend to be more technical. That's the goal of the developer user group. The folks over at CRMUG in the Dynamics community cover more of the user side and the functional side. And I work with them on the technical user group side. And so we try to give the deeper technical talks. But sometimes that also includes things that you should be doing without code. Because I think it's very important for especially a Dynamics developer, to know what comes out of the box so that they're not spending time rewriting the security layer or building out a connections module. And so with those you know, common configurator items or basic out-of-the-box customizations, those things should always come first. And so we cover those topics as they relate to letting a developer do their job more efficiently. Yeah, so you don't invent the wheel again and take advantage of the things that are there. I mean, building the security layer, you will probably get that wrong. wrong. Well, and it's it's painful. We've had folks that we've worked with that had great intentions and they were very skilled .NET developers. And so that's what they knew. But that's not the approach that you can take when you're using the Dynamics platform. With the Dynamics platform, you need those .NET developer skills, but you also have to be a configurator. You can't just be a developer. You need to know what else is going on. How do you get people to come and listen to the episodes then? Well, I think that at this point in time, we have earned a reputation of bringing quality content, and that helps us a lot. Uh, Again, I'll go back to the folks at the Dynamics community with CRMUG. We cross-promote for one another's meetings so that when someone finds them and they need technical user group experiences, they'll send them my way. And when I find folks that come to me and need the less technical approach to a user group meeting, I send them over there. 
And so we've got that cross promotion going on, but from a practical perspective, um, every time we have a meeting, I send out uh, meeting invitations to our membership and what that entails is meetings are usually on Tuesdays. And so on Friday, I send out an email blast to let people know so that they can put it on their calendar. And from then we've got our regulars that do tweeting on our behalf and, and things of that nature, just from practical, get the word out about a specific meeting type perspective. I was looking for if you had... Um where you had too much or too little during an episode that you felt that it was the recording was going on for too long or it it ended too shortly yes we've had a few folks that we knew going in they were going to have longer than the standard one hour session and so i have no problem with that i don't want it to be a four-hour meeting but having a meeting that is 90 minutes is not a big deal especially if I know going in so that people can plan around their schedules. But if we've got an engaged audience that is asking questions to the speaker, if the the speaker is still providing great knowledge and interaction, then we keep the meeting going. Uh, I will usually stop it somewhere around 90 minutes if it's still going, uh, just so that we can respect the time of everyone involved, myself included. Um, but from a do they ever talk not enough perspective um not normally we're pretty casual most of our meetings go around an hour a few times over the years we've had folks that are more like 30 or 45 minutes but for the most part filling an hour with a technical talk is no problem at all are you a technical person yourself well that depends on your definition of technical so i'm not the person that's going to write the code but I am the person that knows every other aspect of the project. And that includes, I know when we should use code. I know what's possible with code. And I have the resources available to me to execute on those things. And so I guess it depends on who you're asking. If you're asking someone who spends all day in Visual Studio writing code, if I'm as technical as they are, they'll say no. But I'm different technical. I have skills that they don't. So that's a that's a loaded question, Marcus. Yeah, so so that's like asking you what do you think about workflow and flows and and all of that then. Exactly, and so um, I think they have a time and a place. I have a love hate relationship with the term citizen developer. I I think that we're offering more tools to enable configurators and customizers um, options so that they may or may not have to engage a developer. There's nothing wrong with engaging with developers. When you need them on the project, you need them on the project. The problem we have is resources. There aren't enough talented, skilled, available Dynamics talent. It just doesn't exist. So as long as you have um, the skills and you have a good work ethic, you've got long-term stability in Dynamics. It's not changing anytime soon. And for me, it comes down to perhaps you don't even know what you're asking for until you've at least explored it. Right. I, I absolutely agree with that. So, I mean, that citizen developer term, that can be anything from Power BI 
to workflow and flow then because i mean power bi can be anything from self-service to really enterprisey you only see what you you only get what you see right and you know when our end users consume what we've made they really don't care who made it they it doesn't matter to them if it was a developer or it was a configurator um as long as the users can consume and use what we've created for them, that's what matters to them. They don't care if it's a flow or a workflow or voodoo. As long as it works, that's what matters. So how did you come up with the pricing model for XRM Virtual? So it goes back again to my time working with developer user groups. And the pricing module is it doesn't cost anything, especially with a virtual user group. My out-of-pocket expenses um, are, are non-existent at this point in time. We've worked um, over the years to get appropriate sponsorship and mitigate those costs. And so it used to be I had to pay for our CRM subscription to manage our membership. And then we were able to get an executive sponsor in Bob Stutz before he left the organization. And he put in place the chance for us to have a perpetual license um, dynamics organization. And then from um, other sponsored type items, we've got um, Click Dimensions has been a great supporter of ours, and they've been able to uh, donate their product so that we can do our marketing blasts and um, take care of that part of our membership. So the actual dollars out of pocket is no longer a thing. Now it's it's strictly our time that we spend on running the organization. And I mean, we all donate our time away or on on different ways to to the community to to improve that. So I mean, I thank you for the XM Virtual. I've been watching, I don't know how many, but lots of episodes. Not very many on la- uh, at, at the actual recording, but lots of them afterwards. Right. And so from a practical perspective, the user group meets when it's convenient for me because I need to be able to reliably attend on as many as possible. And if I can't, then I need to find a suitable replacement. We've got a f- couple of other folks. We've got Daryl Labar. We've got Colin Vermander. We've got my husband, David Jack, that all pitch in to help out on a regular basis. But it's about making sure that it's convenient to the people who are, you know, the wizard behind the curtain so that we can participate and keep it going. And unfortunately, that means that oftentimes our friends in Australia aren't going to attend live but that's why we've got the recordings and we post those recordings yeah and i mean sometimes you can't watch because you're at work or something and you have to do it at your spare time after office hours so i mean well I'm, that's, I would that's like the beauty to, of her i would like to suggest that being at work is an awful excuse for not watching the meeting not attending it live because attending the meetings make you better at your job you're learning the skills that you need to be a benefit to your employer. So being at work and not being able to attend the meeting, I think is a really bad combination. I think that definitely employers should be encouraging people to attend and to learn. It doesn't cost anything, but like we said, your time. That is true. That is true. Yet still some employees, or if you have a contract that you're working on, then you're 
consultant or whatever, then that's a little bit more difficult to take out and you have to take it on some other time at least. Yes, and that is... Perhaps un- not on your free time, but still the evenings then. Right, and, and that's unfortunate, but you're right. There, there are sometimes reasons for that. What other community events do you recommend then? So we've got the conferences that happen. The Dynamics community have their summit, and they've got the summit in EMEA, the summit in North America. They have the focus event that's happening that is... Um, a no fluff conference that is 90 minute deep sessions where you don't have the keynote, you don't have an expo hall and, and those type of things. So it's just learning for the sake of learning. They host those uh, online meetings all the time. They have some paid events as well. I'm not sure um, the details of those. There's the extreme collection of conferences. It used to be extreme CRM and now it's extreme 365. And they also have a North America and European um, iteration of those conferences. But then there's additional conferences. There's the CRM Saturday movement that's been going on. And here in Colorado, we're in the process of planning our first Denver Dynamics Day. And we expect to have that in April. And it's tagging on to a developer event. So for a few years now, we've been having twice yearly meetings, uh, all day meetings, Denver Dev Day. And so it would just be what topics are submitted and what topics are pertinent. And, um, you know, 100, 150 people spend all day at the Microsoft office and spend time learning. And so we've got a couple of CRM-focused MVPs and a couple of ERP-focused MVPs. And we are working on organizing uh, that event. We're hoping for April 13th. We've already got Microsoft support. We may have a high-profile executive in attendance to give a talk for us, and we've got additional sponsors that are already lining up trying to help out. Now we just need to get the attendees. Oh, that that's lovely, and I will be glad to add uh, the links to the show notes so everyone listening who are close by Denver, they can sign up there. Perfect. If I'm thinking about starting my own user group here then, so what would you advise me to do? So you need to confirm that you have an audience. So if you have a virtual audience, then your pool could be larger. And if you have an in-person audience, then your uh, your members might be more engaged. It's uh, very engaging for those on-premise, as it were, uh, user group meetings. And so... You need to make sure that you have an audience. You need to make sure that you have a platform. So whether that's in person where you need to secure meeting space or whether that's online where you need to secure meeting space. And you need hopefully sponsorship to cover out-of-pocket expenses so that you're not footing the bill. So like our group, we've worked to get things donated, but it wasn't always the case. And so my company, Colorado Technology Consultants, and the organization formerly known as ADX Studio, we swapped out. And it would be one month I paid for the CRM subscription, one month they paid for it. And so we wanted to avoid that. But if you're working on getting your own user group, then there are technical community helps that you can get from Microsoft, from the Microsoft Technical Communities area. And Marcus will have a link for that in the show notes. And you get benefits from that, like an Office 365 subscription. 
which if you have an Office 365 subscription, then you have Skype for Business. So that gives you an online platform for running your meetings, for example. And if you want to join CRMUD, I can you can probably start your own chapter there, right? I would think so. I Like I said, I work with the developer special interest group, and we are an online community. And typically the focus of the developer special interest group via CRMUG is a, a planning, a what's in needs type meeting where the the folks that will be attending the XRM virtual meetings, the ones that help want to help drive content will attend that CRMUG meeting. So it helps guide the meetings and content for the other group. How do you get the time to go to conferences live then? So if it's let's say a three-day conference, you have to fly there, there's time that you, you lost. So from my perspective, I'm one of the owners of a small company, and so we make that a priority here. But I also, as an individual, I need to manage expectations of my customers. So if I'm working on delivering some curriculum or recording some content or an implementation with the customer, I need to set the expectations of what to when to expect me to be interactive, when to expect me to not be interactive. And uh, I still need to work to make those deadlines that have been set. And I think it's just like any other um, individual who wants to attend or, or participate um, in one of these conferences. You just need to manage those expectations so that you can get that done and then come back to the office afterwards and share what you've learned with the rest of your team. Put to use some of that uh, new knowledge that you have. And I mean, you have to get some time somewhere to to learn new stuff and what better way in actual listen to to professionals or expertise that are preparing for this weeks and weeks in advance and then you get to listen to them for an hour with really compressed value information right and you have at those conferences the opportunity to be interactive with the speakers you can you know wait after the session is over and ask your you know the, the person that you've been watching online, the person who you respect, you can approach them and ask them the questions you've been wanting to ask. You can ask them the questions in the context of how it affects your current projects. So where are you going to be next? Where can I, do you have any public speaking yourself? So coming up, we've got the Extreme Conference in Dubrovnik that is in March. We've got the CRMUG event in April in Dublin. I won't be attending that, unfortunately, because I will be spending that week in Washington, D.C., where I will be speaking with folks on Capitol Hill and potentially the White House about the technology legislation and policies, the net neutralities, the um, TV white spaces for Internet and things like that. Um, So I will be there that week and hopefully sharing my voice and sharing my knowledge and making a difference. Where can I go if I want to know more about uh, online user groups and XRM Virtual then? So our user group community can be found at xrmvirtual.com and the CRMUG community can be found at crmug.com. Thank you for your participation in CRM Rocks, Julie Jack. Thank you.
And thanks to you for listening. And don't forget that you can comment and subscribe. Just search for Serum Rocks in your favorite podcasting app. And you will find it right there. See you next time on Serum Rocks.